Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Northern Star by Melanie C. Our first solo feature from a Spice Girl. Yes, first of many. Probably. Yes, I think uh, without giving too much away, we're going to be quite quickly talking about a second one in the coming weeks. Yes, definitely. Um, because, and, and I don't know if you know this, but I do quite like to tie in our, our episodes with an anniversary. This one isn't, it's a bit vague, this one, but around 20 years ago, to, the, to this month, to this time of the year, uh, this was when Mel C's campaign really started for the Northern Star album. And around the same time, of course, all the Spice Girls were going solo, which is why... You can expect a few episodes coming up. And I was waiting for a... It was Melanie C's hamster's birthday 20 years ago this week. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the 1999 debut solo album from Melanie C, Melanie Chisholm. Sporty Spice to her friends. Sporty Spice to friends. Um, Part of the Spice Girls. Um, She was born in 12th of January, uh, 1974. Sorry. What are you sorry about? For saying the year. Yeah, that's quite rude. Um, and she's, I guess this is very, this is maybe a touchy subject with you and with a lot of people, but would you say Melanie C has had the most successful solo musical career by a Spice Girl? Oh, I definitely would agree with that, yeah. She has released seven solo albums, whereas I think the most we've got from another Spice Girl is probably four from Emma Bunton mm. in this year's. And, of course, Northern Star was a huge album, wasn't it? It was. And just a little more detail. So she has sold 105 million records. That's fantastic. Worldwide. Sorry, with Spice Girls? With Spice Girls. 20 million solo albums. So very successful. And also co-writer of 11 number ones, including the Spice Girls work. Yeah. Um, And she's, she's a lovely lass. She's a lovely Northern lass. From Whist, Whiston in Lancashire, uh, and she lived in Liverpool as well as London. But oh. she was born in Whiston, Lancashire. I think one of my favourite things about Mel C, certainly right now and this year, is that she seemed to have the best time on the Spice World tour this year. She was, thought. she was loving it, wasn't she? Yeah, and there have been times over the last decade, let's say, where. It felt like she was a little bit more reluctant to get back together with the Spice Girls. In fact, even if you think uh, back to this time, this album came out in 99 and then in 2000 Forever came out. So this was in the middle of the Spice Girls, but certainly after those first two whirlwind years, even back then it felt like she was reluctant to get back with them. I don't know if you know, but on the Forever album, there are a few tracks that she didn't co-write, whereas the others did. So she's, she was the only one not involved in some of those tracks. So, that's enough uh, chitter. Shall we get on with the main event? Yes, let's. So, side one, track one on Northern Star is Go. Go. 
So that was Melanie C featuring Stomp with Go. <laughs> um, but what a great way to kick off the album. I like that it wasn't a single. No, and also, what a great way to kick off the album with a William Orbit co-write and produce. That is amazing. It's a shame, in a way, that it's the only one on the album. But it's still fantastic that it just shows, because we're going to come across some other well-known producers and songwriters on this album. It just shows the sort of calibre of artists that she wanted to work with on her debut album. And I like how the William Orbit uh, collab came together. Apparently this was because Mel, as I call her, Mel, uh, wanted to work with Madonna. And I think they did have a meeting and Madonna put her in touch with William Orbit because she'd just done the Ray of Light album, which Melanie C was a big fan of. And do you know, it does remind me of a Madonna, uh, uh, William Orbit produced Madonna track. Beautiful Stranger. Yes. Yeah. It's got like 60s little twang. Shine. Shimmer. Uh, but I really like the fact that from the first track, she's throwing us in a completely different direction from anything the Spice Girls would have done. Definitely. Uh, did you have this album on CD? No. So I, I got this for Christmas 1999. And I remember thinking, I felt really like quite, oh, I've, I've grown up a bit now. I listen to more adult music because I've got the Mel C album. It's not Spice Girls album, it's Mel C album. Felt very uh, alternative. Oh, look at you with all your airs and graces. Mm. Looking back now, I was uh, ill-judged. <laughs> ill-judged maturity on your part. Yes. But I do still stand by it's a fantastic album, I have to say that. It's a, it's a great start. Uh, go! Exclamation mark. Um, uh, is a great start. It's always annoying when someone puts in some sort of punctuation on a, a song title or an album title or a, even an artist title like Bewitched because autocorrect is not having any of it. So, should we move on to track two then? Uh, let's move on to track two, which is Northern Star. Northern Star and I have to say I absolutely love that song it's very uplifting isn't it it's very uplifting and there's just something about it that really makes me think of winter I don't you know it doesn't really mention uh, cold Christmas nights or Christmas or anything like that but I think it's because it was featured well, it was released around Christmas and it was featured in Now 44 which I did get for Christmas as well actually I think in 1999 as well as the album bumper year for you and your stocking I know I must have been Bulging with CDs, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do often try and sneak that onto a wintry, festive playlist. And the video was um, with her, was her at this looking out on the beach towards the sea, uh, and it was filmed in Brighton. Oh, lovely. and I'm sure she's got many fans down there. Many fans uh, everywhere. Yes, and this sold over a million copies worldwide. It was a big hit. I mean, selling over. A million copies of a single is huge, isn't it? So for a Spice Girl to do that, and what's even more impressive is that this didn't go to number one. So to sell number that many four. copies, yeah. Um, I guess it was released around the time of that big push for the Christmas number one. I would just also love to talk about the producer on this one, Marius Defry. She like my French there. A very, a very a très bien. Thank you very much. So Marius is a, a producer and composer. He has won Grammys, BAFTAs and an Ivor Novella Award. 
and he worked on the scores for La La Land and Moulin Rouge. Um, and I think when you listen to this song, and the strings particularly with this song, you can really hear that kind of very dramatic performance. Also, uh, the co-writer on this is a familiar name, presenter of um, BBC's uh, The National Lottery, uh, In It To Win It. No, you've you got it wrong again. It's not Nick Knowles, it's Rick Knowles. Sorry, I just must have blindness when I'm reading that name. I must just read one thing and think about the other. You've got your... Rickers and your knickers in a gist. <laughs> but it's Rick Knowles, again, who we spoke about only last week with Nelly Furtado. And again, as we mentioned last week, worked with many people, including the cause. Lovely core sisters. Lovely ladies. Mm. And Jim. So, track three now, which was the debut single in a very different sound for a Spice Girl. Going down. out of breath we were leaping around the room uh, we turned all the lights off put your smoke machine on I've had to put my neck brace on because I've hurt my <laughs> neck so much from throwing my head around so that was the first ever solo release from NEC kind yeah there was a bit of a, a buzz track wasn't yes. there but we'll, yeah. we'll get we'll to come that we'll come to that yeah later the first single proper but this was you could tell she was really trying to show the new direction that she was going to go in with her solo material with this song. Definitely. And even without hearing a single word from her, just remember what she looked like. She'd cut her hair short and spiky. There was even more tattoos, the gold tooth. If you think about... And what I do find fascinating about this, particularly with Melanie C, is it was only three years before when the Spice Girls first released Wannabe and she was Sporty Spice with the long brunette hair. It's... You know, it's such a fast transformation. And obviously, it feels now, it does very much feel like it was just um, sort of a, a bit of a statement because she very quickly went back to her, her normal look. It's kind of her freedom moment, isn't it, really? A re- rebellious moment. Yeah, her teenage years. Mm. If her sort of growing up and adolescence was in the Spice Girls. This yeah, was her, definitely. Her, and her later teens. Some swearing in there as well. Yeah. Bitch and whore. I'm sorry, listeners. Sorry for, sorry for that. Potty mouth. Mm. Uh, this was, again, like the last one we talked about, number four it's got to in the charts. Which, again, must be very strange because before this, the Spice Girls, every song bar stop actually had gone to number one. So I wonder how it felt for Mel to go from always number one, just one number two, and then number four, number four. Literally going down. Yes. Until? Yes. We'll see what we'll come on next. to that. Uh, also, this single and this Melanie C look very uh, hilariously parodied by Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French in a sketch from their series, where Jennifer Saunders, who, as we've spoken about in previous weeks, can look like anyone yeah. uh, when she's dressed up and going for it, was she had the spiky hair, she had the tattoos, yeah. she had the misspelt tattoo that said Angle instead of Angel, uh, and Dawn French was dressed up. Uh, very familiarly, familiarly, <laughs> very uncannily looking like her <laughs> mum, actually, as well. 
And I think Frederick's always had a lot of affection for the Spice Girls. Definitely. It was definitely uh, in jest, wasn't it? Mm. Nothing malicious. Oh, no. All good fun. Uh, that was the 179th best-selling single of 1999. Oh, top 200. How lovely. Yes. Just in there. And some familiar names uh, assisting with that song. Richard Stannard and Julian Gallagher, both of which have worked on Spice Girls songs and uh, solo Spice songs as well. So uh, Richard Stannard, a.k.a. Bifco, he, or part of, or Bifco, I should say, have, they worked on the biggest Spice Girls songs, but they also worked on a lot of Melanie B's album, including Lullaby, and Emma Bunton's, including What Took You So Long. Okay, so track number four now, and this is I Turn To You. Dan, hmm? that's not the I turn to you that I, I was thinking of. Oh, no. You're thinking of this. I turn to you like a flower leading towards the sun. I turn to you because you're the only one who can tell me when I want to say So, I turn to you there. Uh, as you mentioned before, the album version is very different to the version that was released as a number one single. And so the number one single version radio mix was the Hex Hector remix. Hex Hector remixed a lot of pop songs uh, to give, put a donk on them, as you would say. Yeah. And I think this was done so successfully. It was one of those remixes that was then decided, actually, this is so good and response has been so positive they were actually going to call this the radio version of the, of the song. Dance music was huge at the time, wasn't it? And there was a lot of uh, Ibiza-influenced music. And Mel C was actually in Ibiza in the video for this, wasn't she? And in mm. nightclubs, grew her hair out a little bit and looked lovely for it. So yeah, it felt very of the time, but I think it is a fantastic remix and the fact that it is so different to... Because the album version, it's very atmospheric, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, it's almost six minutes long. It's got that extended outro, which is quite almost left field dance ambient it's a very different sound and it, you're right there's that the Hector Hex the radio version you know it was quite rightly a number one single because it was a fantastic composition as a pop song with a dance edge to it but you know to go out dancing uh, around the pubs and clubs of Ibiza Ibiza town mind you um, not San Antonio thank you very much oh so I'd love to talk about the people who worked on this song with Mel C. Nick, Rick, sorry, Rick Knowles is there. Um, alongside Billy Steinberg, who, uh, Billy Steinberg's most uh, known for work for working with his songwriting partner, Tom Kelly. And they worked on things like Like a Virgin, True Colours, Eternal Flame, um, I Drove All Night. And separately, Billy has worked, with Rick Knowles, Billy has worked on things with... Uh, Tattoo, including All About Us, who we spoke about a few weeks ago. And just to share a little bit more detail on how big this was, 
this sold 120,000 copies in its first week. Um, and off the back of this, uh, Hex Hector won a Grammy in 2001 for Remixer of the Year because of this. And rightfully so. Well done, him. But just to share a few more names that he has remixed for as well. Um, the likes of Wigfield, oh, Scatman, Scatman John. Was it uh, Saturday Night or Sexy Eyes? <laughs> Louise, Diana Ross, uh, the Baha Men, Deborah Cox, uh, Hanson, uh, Lisa Stansfield, uh, Aretha Frank, Frank Evely, <laughs> Ali- <laughs> Aretha, no, no, <laughs> Aretha Franklin again. Gloria Estefan, uh, Queen Latifah. Right, we get the idea. So, I think it's fair to say he had a certain niche. Mm. Absolutely. And quite a profitable niche at that. Good for him. Yeah, well done. Um, But this was a... Certainly the radio version, for me, was a massive favourite of mine. And just listening to it again... Not ha- in the run-up to recording today, not having heard it for a few years, still, still bangs. Yeah, I think if if you think about the real favourite solo spy songs from um, from a commercial point of view, but also just from a quality point of view, this would certainly be up there in the top top five. I'd say definitely, definitely, easily top three, yeah. probably. I think so. So a fair bit of gushing there for that one, but rightly so. Rightly so, and let's see how you feel about this next one. So this was the final single to be released from Northern Star. This one is If That Were Me. Such a shame that Hex Hector didn't see fit to uh, get to work on that one. Put a donk on that. It probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do, considering... taste distasteful? I think so. Obviously, the lyrics in that song are addressing homelessness, which is a very different move to make. I think it, I actually think it's nice that Mel C felt the need to address that. It was obviously something in her mind. The This was the fifth single, as mentioned before, and sales went to charity... Sorry, Profits went to charity, of course. But this one reached number 18. So not as many sales as I turn to you. Alex Needham in The Guardian famously referred to this track as Ode to a Tramp, mm. which is um, quite tasteless and distasteful in its own right. Actually. There was, there's actually quite a lot of criticism, wasn't there, about this, which you... I mean, I just, I genuinely think... I, I'm very protective over the Spice Girls, as you know. They're my girls. Fiercely protective. Exactly, and I do think it was a, a lovely thing to do if that was playing on her mind and she raised money for charity. But the critics, and I'm doing that comma thing that Joey and Friends did, yeah, they, they didn't like it at all. Particularly, I mean, it's not a great line. I couldn't live without my phone, but you don't even have a home. Um, doesn't properly rhyme either. <laughs> Which isn't necessary, but it's, no. it's always appreciated. Um, so I think we should just move on. Yes. Next one, then, it's uh, track six, 
Ah, oh, much nicer. This mm. is never be the same again. Tell me the stories of your quest for me. Picturesque is the picture you paint effortlessly. And as our energies mix and begin to multiply, every day situations they start to simplify. So things will never be the same between you and I. We intertwine our life forces and now we're unified. Never be the same again there, of course, featuring the late Lisa Lefty Lopez of TLC. The much missed. Yes. Um, and I'd love the collaboration here uh, by the two of them. Um, and unlike um, Lisa and Brian Adams, it looks like they actually did meet um, as part <laughs> of the recording and video for this. Uh, we've talked about that on previous podcasts. Yes. When was that? But, you know, right from the word go, the single cover on here, they're both stood together and they're stood so close together, there's no way they could be superimposed. Um, and I know that's easy to do now, but back in 2000, that would be very obvious. Yes. I don't like it when it feels like a forced collaboration, it isn't when the artists aren't a natural fit. But then I also don't like it where it feels like the artists didn't spend any time together uh, to do it. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah, I went on about uh, a bit too long for my liking. I'll edit most of that out, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was Melanie C's first solo number one. This was uh, before I Turn To You hit the top spot. And what I like about this is that, well, for those four, even including if that were me, those five singles, all very different sounds. You've got the rock edge of Going Down, the sweeping ballad of Northern Star, this, which is obviously got R&B, hint of a tease on there the dance of I Turn To You uh, and then if that were me a very stripped back acoustic sound so I think she certainly flexed her musical muscles on this album this this sold 144,000 copies in its first week um, and to date it sold more than two and a half thousand two and a half million copies worldwide with very very critically very well received and can you guess just how many countries this song was number one in one two Seven. Thirty-five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. Very close. And this was co-written and produced by Rhett Lawrence, who has worked with some absolute icons. Uh, he uh, produced Vision of Love by Mariah Carey. He's worked with Whitney Houston. And another solo artist, I don't know if... I think you're a big fan, actually. Victoria Beckham. The mighty VB. And I'm sure we'll get to talk about her solo album at some point in the future. She released one good song. I know which one you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let your head go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not available anywhere, um, listeners. Uh, so you want to, might want to get onto eBay if you've suddenly remembered how good it is and want to find it. Which is what I did. <laughs> I, I don't doubt you for a second. I think what I like about this as well is it's just that clash of the titans. Uh, TLC were, of course, a huge girl group. Uh, prior to Spice Girls coming out and they had a lot of attitude that Spice Girls brought but in um, Spice Girls were a bit more in a universal way whereas uh, TLC would walk around strapped in condoms lovely uh, which you wouldn't catch my see doing mm. in public okay let's move on now we're on to track number seven and this is Why
so that was why that's our first non-single and since track one by the way yes and it definitely does feel like an album track again nothing wrong with that no as we always say there's nothing wrong with that and you know the party the singles party has got to stop at some point yes it has otherwise it's a greatest hits collection <laughs> so that one is a very atmospheric track isn't it almost a little bit similar to the album version of i turn to you it's got a like really extended outro there i think that i think what these extended outros do and i'm thinking about this from Melanie's point of view as a songwriter but not uh, an instrumentalist is just showcases her her musicality she despite the fact that she's not singing on that part of the album she really feels like it's part of music and it's how she wants to represent herself as an artist and uh, production here was a DeVries uh, who also did Going Down yes uh, fantastic producer it, one more song from him to come as well um, also worth noting it's a different set of co-songwriters on this one so we've got Dave Monday who has written for people including Tina Turner Stevie Nicks Belinda Carlisle etc etc and we've also got Phil uh, Thorn Alley sorry Phil um, who started off producing for people like The Cure um, went on to work with Natalie Imbruglia and then did a lot of work with Brian Adams which I wonder if that's how that relationship started a connection was made Mm. not a physical one no well who knows? So track eight now. Well, in track seven, we had Dave Monday uh, writing. And track eight is called Suddenly Monday. What would I do if I didn't have you? The things that you say, the things that you do. You make me I wish that you knew. I wish I could tell you. Together we're So that was Suddenly Monday, and a different producer on this one, uh, Rick Rubin, who is an absolute legend, uh, who's worked with some incredible people from Red Hot Chili Peppers to Jay-Z, and more recently, um, Ed Sheeran. He also looks quite like Hagrid from Harry from the Harry Potter yeah, stuff. Yeah, Hagrid's slightly older brother, who's perhaps dabbled in a few substances. Well, Magic potions and things. Yes. Gillyweed, whatever it's called. Oh. Not the biggest reader, but I think that is a thing. But what a fun song. Yeah, really lovely. It did remind me at first about that song, Monday, Monday. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Same made... sort of whimsical uh, malarkey. Jour de vie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think this really speaks to, I'm imagining, uh, obviously being a scouse, Mel's got a lot of idols from Liverpool, uh, the Beatles, to name just one. And this does really feel like it could have been a bit of a 70s song, a bit of a 60s song. And actually a very different sound to some of the other things we've heard on this album, again. I, li- I love the variety. I think it's a, it's a nice showcase for the range and uh, not the uh, homeware shop. Um, it's a nice... <laughs> for kind of all the different things that she loves that she wants to show us that she can do as well. Yeah. But, and as well, there's not one song here that I think could be a Spice Girls single. Good. Oh, not a fan. Um, not really Not really into them. No. no. Not your cup of tea. I know. Hmm. Much more of an All Saints fan. Yes, yes. Really? 
No, I'm joking. No, oh, sorry, I know you're joking, but I just wondered if it came to Spice Girls or All Saints, would you have a... Spice Girls? Yeah. Although, fair play to All Saints for continuing to release great new music. Their new stuff is fantastic. And it's lovely as well because Melcy is very good friends with the All Saints girls. Do you think Spice Girls, if, do you think they should make new music? Do you think they could make uh, new music together? And do you think it would be as good quality as All Saints? No, no, no. <laughs> I you... just don't know what it would... I think, you know, the whole feel and vibe that they that they had brilliant success with in the late 90s, the time has passed now. I just don't know what they would sound like now without trying to sound like All Saints or Little Mix or, you know, it would feel like whatever direction they went in, they would be compared to someone who's already around. Yeah. Okay, track number nine now, and Mel uh, wrote this in honour of one of her favourite pop stars. Gaga. Gaga there. Obviously not about Lady Gaga, because she wasn't around when this song came out. No, she came out a whole decade later, which, just thinking about that, it feels like... Because it's been about 10 years, hasn't it, since Gaga first... It's just over 10 years, I think, since Gaga first came out. But it feels like a lot longer after Mel C's debut that Gaga was around. Mm. It's funny, I think. Uh, it feels like uh, Gaga's been around forever. Yeah. And that's not... And that's a very good thing. Which is a staple of the We're yet to world. talk about her on this podcast, and we will be, and I think that's going to be a really good episode. Yeah, well, they all are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which, ones, which one would you say isn't a good... Well, maybe we'll save that for the year's anniversary episodes. So uh, this, this is song, a great one. Yeah. Yeah. This was the buzz track, wasn't it? Yeah. And I distinctly remember hearing this on the school bus, and they played it, they gave it its first play on Radio 1 or something like that, and I remember thinking... I remember saying to someone, oh my God, this is Mel C. This is like, this is so not, you know, so not like her. In fact, perhaps this is when I first thought, oh, I like Mel C. She's very alternative like me. When were you alternative? Uh, just Christmas Day 1999. <laughs> for about a couple of days. Yeah, I've not, I've not seen it. Although you did have a see-through Mac on when I met you earlier. What did you think to that? Uh, it was interesting. Hmm. Interesting choice to not wear anything underneath it. <laughs> Back to Gaga. Come on. Uh, although it ties in nicely with Big Daddy, which is the film that this song featured on. So this was the first. Just remind me, I don't remember that film. Uh, Adam Sandler. He. That's is... why I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> he is um, given custody of a child. I forget where the child came from. But this song was released on the soundtrack before this album came out. So this was her first solo single, solo song, sorry, that was out anywhere. I distinctly remember having Big Daddy because I bought it um, ex-rental from Blockbuster. We used to go every so often, we'd go to, I think, swimming, and then we'd go to McDonald's or KFC or somewhere, and then we'd go to Blockbuster and buy a couple of ex-rental videos in the larger cases. I was just thinking about how outsized they were. Mm. Um, how did you incorporate those into your collection? Uh, they had their own place. Not that I would ever advocate segregation or anything like that. 
But um, I, yeah, I had this. I had, I think, Golden Isle, Tomorrow Never Dies, the next rental, the Thomas Crown Affair, if you remember that one. You were a big Piers Brosnan fan then? Yes. Uh, until Mamma Mia. <laughs> uh, let's move on, because we're, we're blathering on about nothing. Do you know what I was just thinking before that? We've been really on it this episode. We've been just talking about the music. We've grown <laughs> up and... Uh, no. Uh, so track number 10 now. This is Be The One. So many times I've heard it all before What makes you think that I will keep Great time to talk about the fantastic artwork. I could have put put money on that, actually. Um, So, Melanie, she's got uh, mid uh, neck length hair. Uh, She's wearing a dirty vest top. (laughs) Uh, She's crouching on a rock uh, as the sun sets somewhere. Oh, I always thought she was sat on the edge of a volcano. Just realised that's just a rock, isn't it? And well, she's obviously out. Looking up, looking out for the northern star to appear at sunset. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the font that she's using as well for the uh, Melanie C. Northern Star on the bottom. But And don't be deceived as well, listeners, if, you, if you're if you on Apple Music. Yes, uh, really, this really does frustrate me. The album artwork on Apple Music, they've used the album cover for the Northern Star single uh, and they've used the single cover for the album, and I don't know how they've. It's been on this for a while now, and it really does grind my gears, actually. And on that one, you can see the tattoo that says "Angel." Yes, not angle. Not angle. What do you think of the track, Dan? So the track is. I will be quite honest. It's not one of my favourites. This is the same writing team as Gaga that we just had before this, and Y as well. And I think you can definitely tell that they do feel much more. Uh, it's all about the the organic instruments with these guys this is obviously the most probably the most stripped back thing on the album what do you think i'm not a fan well i should have guessed actually because just the acoustic guitar um start kicked off and i knew i was in uh hostile territory Mm. not your cup of tea uh but i'm sure there are many people who absolutely love that i think it's a beautiful piece of music um and and fair play so let's move on it's the penultimate track uh, it's not the closer, it's closer. swept away there I'm not surprised that is a epic track epic track and a stunning outro about two minutes of just pure I, I use the word Balearic a lot on this podcast I think more more than I do in real life like do you mean Balearic yeah but you're thinking about it with your northern tongue <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like a beach but with a pitch black sky and just hearing the crashing of the waves and some fire in the background or something. It makes me think about trekking across a desert on a camel. Hmm. One hump or two. 
Uh, two. Mm. Always two. But Closer is a fantastic song. Really, I really enjoy this song. And I have to say, I have to hold my hands up to this. Obviously, we put this album on the long list. And I listened to it for the first time in a while. And I always felt that this album, I thought our old friend Peter out would be in town. Um, but actually, I don't think that anymore. I think that used to be my thought. But this is very atmospheric. It's the same writing team as I Turn To You. Um, and I think you, there are definitely similarities between the two. Again, the album version. And I am wondering if this would have been a better last track on the album because of the, how epic it is. I think we'll find out now as we go into track 12, which is Feel The Sun. To your point, Will, about Closer being a great album track, I have to admit, when I first listened to this album in the running up to this episode, Closer finished and I thought, oh my God, that is such a great way to end the album, just that fantastic outro. And then this song started and I thought, oh, they really should have ended it there. However, I do like this song a lot and I'm glad it's there. How, how about you? I, I like it, but I, would have, I think that Closer would have been better yeah? for the last track on the album. It's a lovely song, and there are some wonderful lyrics in there. Yeah, the lyrics particularly, we have not actually touched upon them too much throughout the album, but on this song, I think uh, it really feels to me like this is Mel C talking about those turbulent, crazy times in the Spice Girls and kind of why, either why she had to get away from that for a while, why she had to write the solo album. Um, but she talks about... I knew that something must be done to save the person I'd become. That's why I had to run away. And yeah, do do actually listen to the song and read all the lyrics because it is a very emotive song. And again, it's a different team of producers on this one. So we've got Craig Armstrong, who is a fantastic composer. And most notably, he wrote the uh, the score for Love Actually. Uh, some, and the, some really lovely um, Glasgow love theme and things like that that you'll be very familiar with. Uh, we've also got Damien Legasic. Will, I think you'll know him best for his work on the song Jumapel by Rachel Stevens. Oh, yes. What a wonderful track. Hmm. Uh, but he's also worked with uh, Blur, Madonna, Ronnie Size. R.E.M.? R.E.M. And I have to say, Rachel Stevens does stand out on that list. Yeah. In a good way or a bad way? Well, it's great that she's on that list. Yeah, good for her. But just as the last track on the album and, and those two names, what a fantastic group of writers and producers working alongside Mel on this album. She, she pulled together some great, work, some great artists to work with on this album. Yeah. And so, you know, we've come to the end of the album now. Let's, Will, I want to start a campaign. What for? A couple of things, really. One, this album is not readily available on vinyl. And I think... You know, haven't got to the end of it. I think it's a fantastic piece of work. I think it is certainly one of the finest solo Spice albums, if not the finest. I think let's get it on vinyl. Let's start a campaign. Let's do. What I'd we love can. to put the needle on it. Yes, put the needle on it. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, I think it'd be great to see Mel touring and singing and performing this album in its entirety. I would love to see her 
Probably the Brixton Academy, I'd imagine. Yeah. She's done a few shows at Shepherd's Bush, but I think doing this in its entirety and then a, f- a second set of greatest hits, a couple of Spice Girls songs in there, a couple of covers, uh, would be fantastic. So we're going to start this campaign. We're going to do a tweet or something. Well, let's get, let's get on with it then. So yeah, if you want this to happen, look out. We'll put it on our pinned tweet, actually. Give it a like, give it a retweet, give it a comment. Let's make it happen. It's hashtag NorthernStar20. And just a final word on the performance of this album uh, and how it was received. Um, so this album uh, started off at number 10, but uh, moved on up um, until it got to number four on the album chart. It was received by mixed reviews, I have to say. And it was, I would say, six, seven out of ten. Hmm. So that's it for the album proper. We have, as ever, got some further listening. We have. Uh, Dan, what are the parameters for our Melanie C further listening today? Well, I thought it might be fun. As mentioned before, Mel's released quite a few albums since Northern Star. The most recent being 2016's version of me. And... It was a real, I don't want to say return to form, but it was a fantastically produced and quite well-received album. And I thought it'd be quite fun to choose a song from the album. And let's showcase what Mel C is doing more recently. Lovely. And Dan, why don't you kick us off? I will do. So mine's, it's, it's not a, a very niche, deep cut. It is one of the lead singles from the album, but I think it's a great song. So this is Anymore. So anymore there, I have to say sometimes when I'm thinking about that song or I'm thinking about Gold Traps anymore, I get them a bit mixed up in my head. I love Gold Traps anymore. The way it's I'm going to make a compilation of all your um, interpretations. <laughs> Will Warren sings the hit or hums the hits. Uh, per another uh, Christmas stocking filler line mm. for us alongside that book of musical uh, noises no, yeah, noises is definitely the right word but what do you think of Melanie C's anymore? I love it as well oh, actually um, it's a bit of a banger yeah. uh, and I love that it's not very often Melanie C does a real dance pop banger I, I turn to you being the most notable one mm. but this is wonderfully uplifting it was also very successful when it came out still for her in 2016. Uh, so according to our friends at the official charts company, uh, it was got to number one for physical sales and in radio airplay as well. Mm. Good for her. So Will, what is your further listening choice from this album? I've gone a little bit deeper mm. um, and this is uh, Numb. Don't together Oh let it run away Don't hold back the river so let it run away Before it makes you numb It will only make you numb And you won't be numb. 
So that was Num. I love how she's tapping into a very modern sound in that track. Mm. This was a buzz track prior to any more coming out. And this was with Sons of Sonics as well, who have worked, uh, they, they produce a couple of songs on Stormzy's debut album. So, you know, from working with a Spice Girl to Stormzy, obviously they've got quite a, quite a large range of styles. And they actually produced five tracks on this album. Really? Mm. But yeah, it is a great song. It is, again, very different, a different genre. And interestingly, before this album came out, uh, Melanie C released Stages, which was a collection of show tunes. So just goes to show with everything we've heard from Northern Star, the songs we've heard from Version of Me, and then the things from Stages. She really has tapped into lots of different genres. But I have to say, my favourite Melanie C is when she's with the Spice Girls. Of course. Loyal to the end you are, aren't you? I just love those girls. We're out of time. So that is the end of our first ever solo Spice Girl episode. But don't worry, because there's... You've only got to wait a couple of weeks, maybe, for the next one. Um, But, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease for an actually next week? So, yeah, next week we have got... Um, a British electronic duo. Ooh la la, who could it be? Who indeed. Um, but we'd love to know ahead, before we even get to next week, what did you think to uh, the Melanie C Northern Star episode? What did you think to the Northern Star album? Do let us know at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And uh, if you do enjoy these podcasts, and I hope you do, um, especially if you're listening nearly a year into them, we've got 50 plus episodes back catalogue if you haven't heard um, some of the albums we've covered previously because we've got everything from the Spice Girls all the way through to Friendly Fires to Take That to New Order uh, Rachel Stevens mm. uh, all sorts of shit uh, no, 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 no no all sorts of good shit pop treats yeah. available and as you said when we haven't mentioned yet that we did Spice Girls Spice World way back in November so uh, do go straight away and check that out or if you like a podcast about films do check out Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast, which you can also find on our website, movetotrash.co.uk. Featuring our very own Northern star, Robert Gershenson. And Joshua Winning. And until next time, I've been Dave Monday. And I've been Marius Devry. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>